God's peace can be your peace. <clears throat> There's lots of great words in that hymn that we sang, the battle hymn of the Republic, for us to remember. It's a rousing hymn, isn't it? We love its word. We love its beat. We love its rhythm in helping us follow our way with God in doing his work on earth and bringing about peace and joy and sacrifice one to the other. The Apostle Paul was a Christian. He was a believer in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He lived Easter every day. He preached the gospel of love, grace, salvation, and joy every day. Now, he wasn't known as a sailor, but in today's scripture text that we read, he knew something about storms, even the storms of sea, but he definitely knew something about the storms of life. He was a warrior for God. Now, when a sailor describes a perfect storm, it's a magnitude storm. It's a, a huge storm that you, a sailor can't even escape once they get into it. A perfect storm, not in the sense of ideal, but in a perfect storm in the sense of three combined factors. Hurricane force winds. A cold front. And downpouring rain together create that perfect storm of unsurmountable disaster. And the movie, The Perfect Storm, if you remember that movie, it was those three elements that ended the life of the crew that faced that storm. Gale force winds alone are a challenge for any sea captain. But when you add a cold front and rain, it's a definite recipe for disaster. I remember when my son Alan and I were up in Canada and we were out on the Lake of the Woods, excuse me, Eagle Lake, and we were out, and it was a picture-perfect day, just a beautiful day. And all of a sudden, you see some storm clouds brewing not too far in the distance, and all of a sudden, you're out here in this little 14-foot aluminum boat, and waves start crashing over the side without hardly any warning. And so you just kind of head to shore, and you hope you make it. Now, that wasn't a northeasterner that's described here, but we've all probably seen those kind of storms or heard about them. You don't need to be a fisherman to experience a perfect storm. Storms happen in the form of unsurmountable bills, the threat of debt piling up, a sick child, a car accident, a relationship breakup, a job transfer, tornado, cancer, hurricanes, peer pressure. college roommates, someone who doesn't understand the lot that we're carrying. We might be able to handle one challenge, but two or three at a time present an insurmountable op uh, challenge for us. We wonder sometimes, will I survive? And I just think about Paul there on that ship and the men that were with him, the sailors, they'd kind of given up hope. They're wondering, am I going to survive? What is before me? How broken can we really be? Philippians 4, 7 reads, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and mind through Christ Jesus. As followers of Christ, we are to do our part in believing, in following, in rejoicing in God, pursuing a gentle spirit, pray about things with thanksgiving, follow the light, be the light. And God does his part in bestowing peace in our hearts. Doesn't mean there's going to be peace in our lives and what we face, but there can be peace and contentment in our heart. God downloads the tranquility of the thorn room into our heart, which should bring us unexplainable calm. Times when you should be worried, you're not so much. Times when you should be upset, you are comforted. When God resides in you and he's your friend and you've chosen to follow him, the peace of God can transcend all logic as it did in Paul or Mother Teresa. This is not a human achievement of peace. It is a gift from God. In John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. God's peace is different. It comes from a place where we should, don't have to be anxious for anything. His peace is inexplainable. But it is an an internal reality that you can have. Jesus has promised you this vintage of peace. The peace that calmed his heart when he was falsely accused. The peace that stated his voice when he spoke to Pilate. The peace he offered Peter when he was sinking in the water. And when he denied him three times. The peace that quiets the storm that you're facing. The uneasiness, the unsettledness, the uncertainty of what tomorrow may bring. He quieted the storm in a boat when everyone else was afraid. Jesus offers this peace every day if we choose to obtain it. And it is this peace that guards your heart and mind, and as it says in Philippians, God takes responsibility for your heart and mind of those who believe and want to follow him. He'll take that responsibility. He's not going to take the issues away. The storm still may come, But there's a peace and a settledness and a confidence that we rest in Christ. One of my father-in-law's favorite hymn was called, A Mighty Fortress is My God. And that first line reads, A mighty fortress is my God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he, amid the floods of mortal ills prevailing. Now, bulwark is a defensive wall. God is ready to put a defensive wall around you, your mind and your heart, to be your helper amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Just Martin Luther penned these words in the 14th or 15th century. And the Apostle Paul would have favored this hymn For he knew firsthand the peace and the sovereignty that God offers. When Paul wrote these words, be anxious for nothing, 
He has been facing a fierce storm on the Mediterranean Sea, as we heard about earlier in a worship service. He has put on a ship, headed to Rome. He changed ships a few times. And now, the captain went ahead and faced the storm that Paul had said, we better wait. It was winter time. It was cold weather approaching. And Paul knew it was better to stay rather than go. He'd been on these journeys before. Evidently, the captain had too, and he thought he could make it to Rome. But Paul attempted to convince them to stay, but they went on. What does a preacher know, right? We don't know much. Paul must have not known much, or at least they didn't think he did, because he was a preacher. He was to know just about the gospel. But it wasn't long on this journey until the seas became so rough that they had difficulties. Before very long, a hurricane-forced wind approached them called the Northeasterner and swept down and around the island. And they were just caught by the storm. You know, that happens to us, doesn't it? Maybe not that kind of a storm, but you go to the doctor and all is well, and wham, you got a problem that you didn't know about. We all could talk about situations like that. You come home someday, your neighbor, a child, been in an accident, and they're laying in a hospital. Things just come across our plate that are difficult and tough for us to endure. But the grace of God, when it's within you, can give you strength to face those storms, even when we don't like them. But God is there. He was with Paul. Components of a perfect storm at sea was amidst. Almost any ship or captain could navigate one of those conditions, but all three was just too much. The crew hadn't seen the moon nor the sun for many days, and the ship was being torn to shreds. Did you catch that? They threw the ropes around underneath the ship, to hold it together so it wouldn't fall apart. And we do all we can to hold ourselves together so we don't fall apart in the midst of a storm. We do that, don't we? Each and every one of us. As the ship had been, was ripping to shreds, they had taken down the sails. They'd thrown everything overboard. They'd thrown out the anchor, and they were about to give up in despair. And after 14 days, I've never been at sea 14 days in a row. Some of you who might have been in the military probably have, if you were in the Navy. So you might know what that's like. You know what facing a real storm at sea can be? So we're also talking about the storms that you and I face daily. And they were at this sea for 14 days. This storm. And again, they didn't think the preacher knew what he was talking about here, Paul. But he said, when he stood up, I urge you to take heart. 
for there will be no loss among you, but only the ship. I urge you to take heart when you're broken, when you're hurting, when you are at the bottom of the barrel, when you have no place to turn, when you're grieving, when that doctor says, you got three months to live, or you got cancer. Take heart. Take heart. Peace in the midst of a storm that is raging in your soul. Peace that can be found and peace that is offered. A steady peace from God. It's not easy. Is it, Greg? It's not easy. Seek God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Did you catch part of that text today? An angel of God stood beside Paul. An angel of God was right there with him. Remember Abraham who was about ready to slay his son and an angel grabbed a hold of the knife? An angel came to Daniel's rescue and to Meshach, Shachrach, and Abednego? A chorus of angels sang when Jesus was born? Remember the Lord is called the Wonderful Counselor and the Prince of Peace? He is here. He's always been here. He hasn't changed his approach to bringing you peace through the storms of life that you face. He is here in this place in your heart. Take time to pray. Take time to read his word and get closer to God. We all have work to do. Be faithful. Don't give up. It is important to work through the tough and difficult times for the glorious ending God has for all of us. During raging storms, an angel came and stood beside Paul. God hasn't forgotten any of us. In the Old Testament, we read about Daniel's challenges. In the 10th chapter of the 12th verse, we find that God is talking to Daniel. And God says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I came in response to them. God comes. We felt him. We know him. He won't deny you. It may not be the end result that we want, but God is there with you. When Christ lives in you, he is with you, and he knows your need. Trust him. Lean on him, and let him be your fortress, that bulwark. Let him build a wall around your heart, and around your mind. 
that the world can't enter into. An angel escorted Peter, remember, out of jail? An angel was at the presence of Jesus' tomb at the resurrection. Angels are present in people's lives today. Psalms 91, verses 11 and 12 read, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up with their hands. <clears throat> we have three children. And I remember handing the car keys to the first, the oldest one. And watching them drive up the driveway. And thinking, oh my, what have I done? What have I created? And you just hope that they've picked up some of the driving techniques through school or through yourself that they'll be safe. And they'll make good decisions. It didn't get any easier with the second one or with the third one It was a daughter to hand those keys over. That may not be a storm of life for you, but it's a storm, a small storm. Storms, they come in a variety of fashions. They get married and you just hope that things are going to work out. Verse 14, in the 91st Psalm, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. God wants to honor you. He wants to honor you. And he wants to do all this for you when we face our storms on a daily basis, as we face temptations and struggles of life. Keep marching on for God. He is your fortress. Yes, there will be challenges. There's always going to be challenges. There'll be times of hurt and grief, times when we have trouble forgiving and loving. There's going to be Northeasterners that can approach. Let God guard your heart and your mind. Read his word. Take time to pray. To build up your strength spiritually. So it's easier to handle the storms that come. There's a great story in 2 Chronicles in the Old Testament chapter 20. The Moabites had formed a great and powerful army. And they were going up and surrounding Jehoshaphat and the Hebrews. The Moabites had a storm of an army that lined up against all the Jews. But Jehoshaphat cried out to God and he said, We don't have any power. We don't know what to do, God. We're kind of at a loss here. We're less in number. They're so mighty and brave. So we look to you, God, for our help. And God responded, do not be afraid or dismayed. This battle is not yours, but mine. Jehoshaphat had so much faith and trust in God, he made a crazy decision. You ever made a crazy decision? You wonder why you made it? 
But Jehoshaphat's decision was not to go to battle with an army. It was to go to battle with music. Music. How about that? He decided to go to battle with worship. To worship God. And so he sent his singers out, his worshipers out, the choir out, into the battle. And before they even got to the battle, the Moabites had given up. They were battling within themselves. God had confused them. Let your lives lead with worship. Worshiping God Almighty. We need to keep God first. So when storms approach, we can be stronger in our heart and in our mind what God wants to guard. He wants to repair you. He wants to repair your heart. He wants to repair your faith. He wants to repair our country. He wants to repair the world. And it's when we put him first. Life does not always turn out the way we want, but our faith can always be headed towards home. For when it is, the bumps, the challenges, the Northeasterners will come. But amidst their arrival, there is a peace, a calm, a power, a strength that comes from beyond this world. Let the peace of God be yours. Let the strength of God be yours. Let God be God and Jesus be Jesus. And let his salvation be your guard. Let his fortress calm the storms in your life.